You're listening to Liberty Buzzard with Dustin Hammett and Thomas Umstead Jr. Episode 38. I'm Dustin Hammett. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr. Welcome to Liberty Buzzard, the podcast for inquisitive minds. We talk about culture, we talk about politics, we talk about all kinds of things. Today we're going to talk about we're going to talk about weather and we're going to talk about the weather channel and we're going to talk about dramalism. Uh, which is uh, Dustin Hammett's term for the new mode of journalism, or maybe it's not even new mode, I don't know. Uh, the new mode of uh, visual journalism where you have to sell the news uh, even at the cost of maybe a little bit of journalistic integrity. Thomas, do you, do you want to brief us all in on what we're talking about here? So uh, recently there's been these spade of hurricanes. There's like a hurricane. If you look at a map of the planet, there's like a hurricane every few hundred miles, it seems, or a few thousand miles from the Pacific to the Atlantic. And a hurricane recently hit uh, North Carolina and did a lot of damage and, and many people died. So this was a real hurricane. But that didn't seem to be enough drama for the Weather Channel. So there's this famous video of this Weather Channel person leaning into this terrible wind and acting like it was this terrible thing going on. And then two people behind him just kind of walk by it like it's a normal day. <laughs> and it kind of captures in this beautiful moment how the press approaches the news. And the press is incredibly biased against boring. So when I do PR training, this is one of the things I always am explaining uh, to people. Because I have been a journalist. I've had a radio show. Um, I you know, spent time in the journalism program at uh, college before I transferred to business. And I realized that the bias against boring is very, very strong. The problem, though, is that that bias against boring can lead to uh, over-representing what's going on. And I feel like this has particularly happened with weather in recent years, where the drama of the weather is being amplified. And they're like, it's never been this bad ever in the history of the world. And the reality is that that's not true. Like if you, we've had incredible weather events in the past that were, you know, destroyed crops and whole states, right? The big dust bowl in the 1930s, 1920s had lots of severe weather events. And but what's happened is that because we have access to media and we're able to see it, we're it feels like there's more major weather events because of social media and because of regular media. And not only that, but now that weather is trying to compete with all the other TV stations and the you know existence of the Weather Channel was really undermined by the app on your phone that tells you what the five-day forecast is. So why tune into the weather? Apparently there was a time that that was the only way to find the five-day forecast was to actually like turn on your TV. Now you don't need that, which means that uh, these weather people have to find the drama, even if it means basically fabricating drama. And the result of this is that they're undermining, undermining people's trust in the media altogether, which I think is uh, long-term very toxic. So they're getting a short-term ratings boost for a long-term undermining of media credibility which, you know, it's the fifth estate and it's an important part of our democracy. Um, I can't say that, you know, over drama, let's call it the editorializing of the news, because in the journalism world, there is this uh, idealism. There's this standard where, you know, if you're a if you, you consider yourself a true, quote unquote, journalist, you're going to take uh, an unbiased look at, at the, the events 
and you're going to try to get as many perspectives as possible um, to try to truly frame the event in an, an objective and unbiased way. You know, uh, Fox News's incredibly ironic, fair and balanced uh, little 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 shtick uh, is hilarious because we all know Fox News is anything but fair and balanced. And uh, the same thing for CNN, NBC, all of them. They're anything but uh, but but unbiased. So there's this ideal of journalism out there. However, journalists are human beings. They're subject to their own prejudices, their own subjectivities, their own opinions, their own life experiences. And looking back on you know journalism, all the way back to you know the start of our nation and beyond the start of the world, it's always been tainted. Uh, by the subjectivities of the human mind. You just, I think it's impossible to get the subjectivities of the human mind out of reporting the news because you're always going to report them from the framework of what you think if you're the writer. And um, so, you know, you have the the days back in the early 20th century, the yellow dog, or what was it, the, 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 the yellow, yellow journalism. journalism. Yellow, yeah, that's the phrase I'm looking for, yellow journalism. Where it's the same thing today. It's the same thing that people are complaining about today. The same exact stuff. You know, they're complaining about you know it's it's biased and this that and the other. And I think what we really need to do, and what I've already done personally, is just give up on the notion of an unbiased journalism because they're human beings and there's no such thing. You're going to start. I mean, the the most boring and I will tell you this right now: unbiased journalism is exceptionally boring. Um, you go to the those stations that are the the what you could consider the most unbiased stations out there, and it's insanely boring, and nobody wants to watch it. Uh, like like NPR, and even it's got a slant. Now, I'd say C-SPAN is actually the better example. So C-SPAN just gives you the debate unedited. Right. You yes. can watch the entire yes. debate start to finish, which is the unbiased way to present it. There's yep, no editorial true. decision being made. They're not deciding which clip from the senator's speech to share with you. They share the entire senator's speech. And most people don't watch C-SPAN because, one, the cost of watching C-SPAN is really high. If you're wanting to watch an hour-long senator's speech, that's going to cost you an hour of your day. You're going to live the rest of your life and die and never get that hour back. You could have spent that hour with your family. You could have spent that hour working and making money. Why spend the hour watching the senator's speech? when? And it's really you know, boring. When it's really boring, when Fox News will give you the most exciting 30-second 30 30 snippet of that speech, and then the drama around that 30-second snippet of the speech. And... Uh, and, and I will say, uh, Fox News, sometimes it's just by accident. So Fox News reported <laughs> that 500 million people were out of power in North Carolina. It was in the scroll along the bottom of the screen. And most likely this was just a typo uh, but because uh, that would be physically impossible. That's more people than are in the entire United States. So if everyone moved to North Carolina and if everyone in North Carolina was out of power, we still wouldn't have 500 million people without power. That would be like the entire North American continental uh, electric grid going down. And I don't even think, know if we share electric grids with Canada and Mexico. So be the likelihood of that happening is very, very low. And the, it, that, that would be the news story. You know, an interesting thing about journalism, Thomas, and, and, and as it pertains to facts, is the fact that, you know, journalism as it's taught in schools and as it's accepted in, you know, common journalistic practices 
is you never just present the facts. You always want to present a perception on the facts. So, you know, you go to your local news station and they're always going to be interviewing somebody, you know, the eyewitness on the scene. And that person's going to, you know, tell what they saw. That person's going to, you know, give the feeling, give the emotion, give the humanity behind the fact. That in and of itself is biased. One thing I can tell you is that in, in anybody who studied humanity and who has studied, you know, witness, eyewitness uh, accounts and um, how people perceive stories, it's always very skewed. You know, you go to a robbery scene as a police officer and you ask, uh, you know, 10 different witnesses what the, what, the, what the robber was wearing and you might get 10 different answers for a variety of reasons. But the fact is, is that our humanity is going to skew... Uh, is going to skew the uh, the quote unquote facts. So um, I was just going back to my point, I guess, circling back around about it's it's impossible to have something that's truly fair and balanced. Here's an interesting question: Is the media more biased now than it used to be, or is it because we, as uh, citizens of the internet, have more access to fact checking the media that we're more aware? of the lies the media has always been presenting. I think I think we're more aware. See, cuz there's this thought that like Walter Cronkite was a beacon of truth and the whole country trusted him and believed him and in the olden days, you know, men were men, women were women and people spoke the truth on the television and you could believe what you saw. Same people thought that about Dan Rather until yeah. until he wasn't. <laughs> and and my view of humanity is that we all have a sin nature. We are all fallen beings and there is no person who can be on the television and speak uh, the truth unfiltered, right? There, it says in the Bible that where there is a multitude of words, folly is not lacking or you know, foolishness is not lacking. And I feel like that, that proverb applies to p- political news very well, right? You have two heads talking and they're arguing with each other and most of all you're getting is just folly. (laughs) You're getting opinions and you're not getting a lot of truth and you're not getting a lot of facts and it's not all that helpful to living a virtuous life or to even living a good life. In some ways, the drama itself is making your life less good while not empowering you to do anything about it. I've got a funny story, Thomas. Okay. Uh, So you know the, 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 the cliche... Never let the truth get in the way of a good story, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I was in Iraq, and uh, we had had a vehicle-borne IED hit uh, an Iraqi police checkpoint. And the only individual that died in that was uh, the uh, suicide bomber himself. And other than that, it was a lot of uh, you know physical damage to buildings, property, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but no other lives were taken. So uh, here I am the next day in the operations center scrolling through the news and I see a report from the, I think it was the BBC, uh, from the BBC uh, regarding the, the vehicle-borne IED that had been, that had been hit in our uh, sector uh, the, the previous couple of days. And, you know, I read that story and I find out that, in fact, you know, hundreds of people had actually died. So, you know, they had interviewed some Iraqi general and just to give a little flourish because it just sounds better, you know, you go out there and you say, oh, yes, yes, hundreds of people died. And it just makes better news. So that was that. that I was a young man at the time, you know, 24 years old. And I really look at that and I was like, holy crap, people actually have no idea what's really going on there. 
Which is unfortunate because we need to be able to know what the truth is. When you can just say, like some people do, that everything negative against me is false. It's all fake news. And you can't trust any criticism of me on any grounds for any reason because I do no wrong. That is also a problem. You can, you know, the, the media needs to be trustworthy. You need to be able to trust the media to some degree. And it's not that they're lying all the time or even trying to lie, right? In fact, the, the BBC wasn't there when the bomb went off, right? They are talking to the general who presumably would know the truth and they are accurately conveying who wasn't there either but you know he had people who were there uh, he's and they're accurately conveying they're telling the truth about the lies that somebody is saying and figuring out what really happened and who who is what the true truth is is really challenging it takes discernment it takes research and that's the hard job of journalism and I, and while you know part of me is like well we're holding them to too high a standard it's like no that is that's why they get paid. Like that's why their job is difficult, and that's why their job is honorable, or historically has been honorable. If you look at the comic book heroes of old, you have the comic book hero, you have Superman, and then who is his partner in fighting crime? It is Lois Lane, the journalist. Right? What does Spider Man do to pay the bills? He works for a newspaper. These are these. Uh, the fact of journalists as heroes is a part of our psyche, and being a hero is a hard job. It's it's not easy. And it's it, it I, it's frustrating because the solution is a little hard to determine. I do think though that if we're going to copy from a, com- a country, and I feel like we are moving in this direction, is the um, the in, in England they have three newspapers, one for that's roughly attached to each of the three major political parties, and really you have the Labour paper and you have the Conservative paper, or the Tory paper, and they fact check each other. And and I remember I was getting on a British Airways uh, airplane and they had that you basically could pick. You want this newspaper, you want this paper or this third paper and or do you want all three? And you can see what both sides are saying about the story. And they're both being honest in the sense of that they're wanting to catch the other one in a lie. And the fact that they know that the other one's trying to catch them in a lie, that that kind of accountability is better than the three papers all trying to assume that they're neutral and they have no opinion whatsoever. And I feel like that is ultimately the lie. The fact that they have no opinion and they're unbiased, that that is it, that it is even possible to be fair and balanced. I feel like is, is the lie. And it's a lie that we want to hear. We want to hear that there is some central neutral observer who doesn't have a dog in this fight. Sure, and we all, we always want to hear that uh, our side is right, and I think that's another dangerous part of it. Is you know, Republicans watch Fox News, and uh, uh, liberals and progressives watch CNN and MSNBC because they they're going to pander to their they're going to pander to their demographic. And are they really going to fight for true journalism? Are they going to fight for the truth, or they're going to pander? Because I'm going to guarantee you right now, pandering sells. The truth is hard and it's going to lose you readers. And um, while I'm on that point, Thomas, I kind of hijacked the conversation for you. I apologize for that. But uh, I think one you, you were talking about journalism being really hard. And I think it's even harder in the day of 24-hour news cycles. Each station is so worried about getting scooped that they are faced with this time crunch and their fact-checking has gone by the wayside. And I think that's what 
gets journalism gets journalists uh, in so much trouble these days is when they get caught in a lie, um, like Dan Rather did. Is just because you're such in such a hurry to create content that you don't create good content. It's it's a challenge, and it's one that we face on this show. You know, why should somebody listen to Liberty Buzzard? What is the value that we're providing? And I feel like part of that is the fact that we aren't covering the breaking news. We're like the opposite of that. <laughs> we cover the old dead stinky news uh, after everyone is like picked at the carcass and all the good bits have been taken away. We're cleaning up the rest of it. And I feel like that's a, that's important. So the kind of revisiting. They say that journalism is the first draft of history, but often the second draft doesn't get drafted until 10 years later. And maybe uh, it's valuable to have a second draft, you know, a few weeks later, a few months later, where we've had some time where the emotional resonance of the people dying in North Carolina, the emotional resonance of John McCain dying um, is, is not quite as powerful and we can have a slightly more objective conversation about it. And uh, I think, I think that that's value. And I, I feel like that, you know, wh- wh- what's the purpose of this show, you know, in a sense that we're trying to break all of the rules of journalism by being the last to the conversation. Uh, and it may be a bad play, right? It, you know, maybe that this is not what people want. They want to hear the breaking news and the fact that we're not talking about the most recent drama, which is uh, with Justice Kavanaugh. And, you know, as we record this, that's what everyone is talking about. And did he rape this woman? Is she lying? Is it like what they did to Clarence Thomas with all of the false accusations back then? We're not talking about that, partly because we haven't had time to sift at it. The news hasn't had a chance to rot, so to speak, for us to uh, get to it as buzzards. Mm, yeah, we only like stinky news. Yeah, it's not stinky yet. It's fresh and uh, cutting edge. And so we're, you know, we might hit that uh, topic uh, here in a couple weeks as as we're, as some perspective comes. And I imagine the truth will come to light, or it, uh, at least I'm hoping the truth will come to light. Who is telling the truth? Who is lying? I think this is all very important. Yeah, I do too. And, uh, you know, just a, just a little bit of a, a pitch to all you listeners out there. You know, share with your friends, please. And uh, just know that uh, Thomas and I commit to you that uh, we're not going to lean into fake wind uh, in our podcast here. So, you know, uh, you're not going to see us trying to dramatize something that's, uh, that's, that's not newsworthy in and of itself. And my point, my perspective, Thomas, is, is life is interesting enough that you shouldn't have to fake it. Um. And, and yeah, so I mean, you shouldn't have to, you know, create news where where there otherwise is none. And uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I do. With some of this fake weather, I do feel like some of it may be politically motivated. Uh, the left has done a great job of making the right responsible for bad weather. Is there a hurricane? It's Bush's fault. Not just the fact that his response was inadequate, but the response, the fact that he is an oil man, that he is a Republican, he has poisoned the planet and caused the storm to exist. Because if we didn't have climate change, we wouldn't have terrible hurricanes. Because back before climate change, hurricanes never killed anyone. No one ever died in bad weather events. This is all a new phenomenon caused by Republican policies poisoning the planet. And and I hope that you can hear my tongue firmly planted in my cheek here because the most deadly hurricane has been... Uh, 
from the beginning, Galveston was like two Katrinas put together in terms of loss of life, uh, maybe even two and a half Katrinas uh, put together. Just a terrible loss of life. And that was in 1906. Something like that. It was the it was the it was the it was the aughts. Yeah, it was in the aughts at some point. Uh, those of you uh, listening in the future can fact check us live and, and post when the terrible Galveston uh, hurricane uh, was. But I will say, having visited Galveston, you know, it's a hundred years later, and that city still feels like it's recovering, and it's been hit since then. But uh, there's there's definitely a feel that uh, you know it's a city that has been battered by the weather for a hundred years, and I don't think that. Um, that climate change explains everything. And I don't think that it's fair to blame weather on the Republicans, which is often what is done. Now, that doesn't mean the climate's not changing. And that doesn't mean that our policies don't affect climate. But there's a big difference between climate and weather. And I I feel like this is when the left becomes very disingenuous, when they uh, blame specific weather events on the right. And I was like, you did this, you caused this hurricane. And they never say it in those few words. Cause it just sounds so stupid when you're like Bush caused this particular hurricane to exist. Obviously that is false. It is blatantly false. But if you talk around it, you can kind of leave people with the impression that if we would just vote for Democrats, uh, we wouldn't have all of this terrible climate change, which I am not convinced is true because when we have had Democrats, we didn't make any progress on climate change. Uh, if you look at Europe, they're not making any pro- progress. They're making lots of promises. <laughs> they're talking mm, lots promises, of words, promises. And passing lots of laws, but they're not actually doing anything um, of any substance, from what I can tell. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess they'll politicize anything, right? If it's if it's a great talking point, and that's another that's another problem with uh, sensationalism and journalism. If it's a sensational. Both sides of the political spectrum are going to try to use it to their advantage. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's another problem, though. So um, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. Well, let us let us know what you think. Uh, feel free to leave us a comment. There are lots of places for you to comment now. You can comment on Facebook. We post these uh, audios as videos to Facebook. You can leave it a comment on Leave us a comment on YouTube. And of course, you can leave us a comment at libertybuzzard.com. I am Thomas Sumstead Jr. I'm Dustin Hammett. And you've been listening to Liberty Buzzard. This episode of Liberty Buzzard is brought to you by Tom Umstadt CPA. Tom has over 35 years of experience helping people like you pay only their fair share in taxes. Don't let the IRS stress you out. Get Tom and his team on your team at taxmantom.com.